And welcome back to another episode of the Discover Virginia Beach podcast, your go-to source for exploring everything that Virginia Beach has to offer. Whether you're a local or tourist, our podcast aims to provide you with insights and experiences that will help you make the most of your time in this beautiful area. In today's episode, we have a super wonderful guest, personal friend of mine, family man, pastor, and biblical theologian, Lee Godet. Lee, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Wonderful. Well, we appreciate you joining us. And, um, you know, let's go ahead and get started. I'd, I'd love to know from you, Lee, would you mind walking us through your story uh, behind your journey? And how did you end up in the lovely city of the Virginia Beach area? Yeah, yeah. So um, as most of your uh, listeners will probably soon to find out, you know, I've got quite a, a country draw. So I'm not originally from Virginia, um, born and raised in Southwest Louisiana, kind of around the Lake Charles uh, Sulphur area, the Southwest corner. Uh, grew up um, in a very solid Christian home. Uh, grew up in church. I was kind of like the, uh, I, I guess, the model churchgoer. Uh, but it, for me, it wasn't. Um, my faith did not become real for me until um, I became a teenager at thirteen, and so. Um, at one of my, actually at one of my first camps, uh, I gave my life to the Lord said, Hey, I mean, just got to the point where I recognized that I was a sinner in need of a savior. And so ever since I was 13, um, I've been living for him. And so, um, I stayed in Louisiana all through, um, high school and college and in college, uh, I was super involved uh, at the Wesley Foundation. That's where I met Regina, my wife, and uh, we were married in 2004. And so we just hit our 19th uh, anniversary. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, when she graduated in 05, uh, we moved to the West Coast. So we moved out towards uh, the San Francisco Bay Area in 05, where I attended uh, Golden Gate Baptist Theological Seminary, got my master's there in Christian education. And uh, after that two-year stint, we moved back to Louisiana, where I worked at a church in the South for a season. And then for six years, we moved kind of more to the northern part of the state in a city called Natchitoches. It's a at one of the most historic towns in Louisiana, and we were church planting there. And so for about six years, we did that and uh, really felt that God was calling us to do something different. And so I just kind of took a took a season of, of rest to try to figure out what was next for uh, myself, Regina, and our two kids. And uh, I was working in the in-between, and Regina called me one day and she said, hey, she says, I don't know if you, you would be interested in this, but uh, there's a church in Virginia Beach uh, that's looking for somebody to come on uh, for their student ministry. And so after uh, after praying through that, after talking with uh, the folks here in Virginia Beach, one interview led to a next interview. And two weeks later, we flew out here and just fell in love with, with Trinity Church, fell in love with the city. And so that's kind of in a short snapshot, what got us over here. I, I credit everything to my wife for getting us here to Virginia Beach. Absolutely. As as every every wise husband knows, you got to contribute uh, the majority of your success and endeavors to uh, to both the Lord and, and to your wife, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I, I love that, uh, that, that broad stroke of, of your journey, Lee, and that's very consistent where, with where a lot of our listeners are at who are tourists who are maybe thinking about moving to the area, whether they're in that rest stage or that season of trying to figure it out. Um, and, and of course that just comes with, with time. Right. And, and I know for a lot of people, um, you know, th- th- this idea of time and God and, you know, mortality is, is, is a pretty consistent theme, especially here in, in America. Was there a point for you, Lee, where, where you were, like really introduce the idea of God and this belief in a higher power at what, at what point in your life did that happen for you? Um, you know, I, so I, when, when I say I'm from the South, I just, I, I kind of say I'm from the deep South because you can't get more deep South than South Louisiana. And so, you know, we moved around a lot when I was a kid, cause my dad was a carpenter. So we were hopping from city to city. Uh, but my parents always did such a great job at, keeping us involved where we were at. But for me personally, um, going to one, going to church as a child was just kind of, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's like, Hey, I go to church because mom and dad are going to church and they want me to go to church. Uh, But it wasn't until when I was 12, 12 or 13, where I really began to ask those questions like, okay, is there more to life than just going to church? Is, is God calling me to something deeper, to something richer. And at the time, I I didn't have a relationship with him. I, I had the head knowledge, but I didn't have the heart transformation. And so for me, um, we got involved at a church that was just really, really huge on discipleship and just uh, part of a church that really began to teach in a way that I began to seek out and ask deeper questions like, um, God, why do you have me here? Um, what, what, what do you want me to do with my life? And so, um, when I was 13 and I went to that first summer camp, uh, I know a lot of my buddies have that, that, that story of, I gave my life to Jesus at summer camp, but that, that was me. And I, I remember it was like, finally, everything just came full circle for me. And I felt that in that moment that God was calling me to, um, have that heart change and to have that personal relationship with him. And so uh, after that moment, everything just, it became for me at that moment, more of just like this duty of things that I had to do and go to church and play the Christian part. And it became a love relationship because after that point, I loved it. I wanted to be a part of what God was calling me to. I, I just, I had that, that hunger to know him more. So that was that was kind of the turning point for me in my life. Wow. And and at such a young age too, I mean, because 13, that's not a lot of years on, on this earth, you know, and a lot of people, you know, still struggle with those questions, even into their adult stage of life into different seasons of like, what is my purpose and what is my role? Um, when you look back on that transition, I know you had mentioned, you know, that formative year of 12 to 13, where you saw this, this, um, you know, this role of discipleship play a pretty crucial role in your faith. Were there any other aspects of the Christian faith that really drew you in and kind of led you down this path of deciding to, you know, convert to, you know, the Christianity faith and also to begin, you know, basically give your life over to this, to this belief system, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, as far as aspects that kind of drew me in early on was, uh, was music. Um, you know, I've always loved music. That was an aspect of the church that kind of was was a draw to me. Um, just I remember as a as a as a child, 
And so music's always been a pretty um, crucial thing in my life. You know, part of every ministry that I've been a part of since giving my life to the Lord, um, I became uh, set saying, hey, look, I want to learn guitar. I want to learn how to worship lead. And so uh, I, I think that was, you know, as far as an aspect that was drawing to me, I guess, because as a young child, I loved music. There was that draw there that was like, man, maybe I can serve God in that in that field or that, um, that arena of things as well. So, and, you know, uh, looking back on, for me, a lot of things happened for me at 13, um, because also one of the, one of a big part of my testimony at 13, like, uh, two months after I became a Christian, uh, my mother, uh, passed away very suddenly, uh, at our home. She was 35 and, Wow. Man, for for someone who was a young Christian, two months in, to have an event happen like that, like literally um, in the house where we were, just hanging out, um, you know, just due to an unexpected illness. Really, it was it was she had an aneurysm. She was young, vibrant, and healthy. And so for me, that was kind of like the the the, the moment in time where where my faith really just began to take root and grow. And man, we, I I had some phenomenal, phenomenal godly men and women that rallied around us. And, um, and then from really that moment on, I I just really dove into discipleship. Um, and, and not too long later, about two years later, after that event, I knew the Lord was calling me, Hey, this is what I want you to do with your life. I want you to follow me. I want you to serve me in full-time ministry. And so, um, that was, uh, that was something that, you know, as horrible as it was, God used that moment for me, uh, to really draw me into full-time ministry. Wow. What, what a, uh, what, a, what a transition. I mean, you, you, yeah. you start your faith journey and then you're immediately interrupted with this life altering event that, you know, for a lot of people, death is, it's, it's, it's an ultimatum from, uh, you know, from, from the world or from the spirits or regardless of your viewpoint, that's, that's an ultimatum of life right there. It's, it's definite, but it's, it's definitely traumatic. So it sounds like that experience really drew you in closer to your faith, um, and and kind of honed in this solidified kind of your, your life's mission at such a young age, but, you know, really clarified for you, Hey, this is how I'm going to act and live and also serve and in, in my yeah. occupation. So yeah. you transition. We we moved to uh to to the West Coast. Where did you, where did you go to school again? Um, it was right. So if you left San Francisco, drove over the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, it was like in a city called Mill Valley. It's like three exits off of the Golden Gate State Bridge, and um. It was it was Golden Gate Baptist Theological Seminary is where we spent a couple years out there. So, okay. And what did you study while you were at the uh, theological seminary? Uh, Christian education. I got my master's there in Christian ed. And um, when I was going to school there, uh, the seminary had like a, a school attached, like a preschool attached, where my wife worked. So I was going to school. She was working, and then at night I was working in a. Um, Kind of my claim to fame while I was there, I was a parking lot booth attendant. And so I was like in this really small booth from like 9 p.m. to like two in the morning where I would. <laughs> so I'd spend my nights just writing papers uh, in the middle of the of the night and in, in this little tiny parking lot booth, taking people's tickets to let them out. 
Oh, wow. That's one way to get through college. I mean, you're able to work and also, and also do the schoolwork as well. So that yeah. uh, sounds like a good gig. Was it, was it pretty busy for both part or was it kind of, kind of, yeah, uh, well, or? it wasn't, it wasn't too busy actually, because I wasn't in the city. It was in a smaller, um, smaller area that didn't have a lot of traffic. Most of the traffic at that time of night was already gone. So I got some really good study time in working there. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's definitely uh, a crucial part of, of education and studying too, because like you have that time to really dive into your studies through throughout the theological process. Cause I know it's, you know, when you actually study it for school, it's, it's a lot different than the, uh, or can be a lot different than the actual application on the occupation side. Yeah. Um, w- did you notice there any, any transitions or or changes from the, the the schoolwork to the application itself, or any areas you really found there to be a disconnect or possibly a struggle that you noticed when you started from just studying it to actually applying it at the uh, Christian education level at the uh, at the facility you were working at. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so you know, I know for for a lot of people, I was talking to some buddies about this. You know, seminary is awesome. It was. I mean, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything because, I mean, we were there for a couple of years and all we did was just study scripture. And so, you know, they taught you uh, how to study scripture and, and, and how to see things differently. And so, you know, I think for me, um, as, as much as I loved Golden Gate, loved seminary, um, I think I think if you're not careful, um, it's easy to just have the head knowledge and just consume and consume and consume um and 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 kind of be intellectual um but then when you leave a lot of people have trouble with that transition because you go from yeah you're using your your i i guess your intellect and your theological training but when you get into the w- real world outside of the seminary walls and you start rubbing shoulders with people at your church and in the community and in uh, on the mission field, it, it's you have to figure out a way to get out of your headspace, your intellect space to meet people where they are. Because a lot of people, you know, they say um, they don't care how much you know, they want to know how much you care. And so... You know, we uh, one of the cool things about our our seminary was, um, man, it was in such a big mission field area and and Golden Gate was kind of known for their missions programs. And so for me, one of the things that was super helpful while I was going and while I was getting uh, theological training, we went into the city with uh, some buddy of ours, groups of friends on the weekend to to do mission work, to go into halfway houses, to serve at soup kitchens. And so, you know, that really, we could have, I could have had the best training in the world, but if I'm not putting that uh, training practically in the lives of people and loving people well, um, I'm missing a huge part of what the Lord has called me to. Probably the most important part is loving people well. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks for diving into that with us, Lee, and especially providing some clarity as far as, um, you know, that that transition for you, because, you know, it, it is a part of the Facebook group, Discover Virginia Beach, and, and now the podcast, you know, people are really focused in on community, especially with uh, a 
worldwide pandemic that we had uh, that we don't have to go into, but just mentioning it, of course, you know, really helped people, you know, kind of uh, t- take, uh, you know, take account to, you know, the type of people they're around in their community. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to know from you, how is your role in the church uh, and your personal faith journey throughout school and then transitioning to Christian education really inspired and nurtured a sense of community for you? Um, man. Re- rephrase that for me real quick. Yeah. So essentially how, how has the, uh, your, your journey throughout, you know, this, this Christian faith, how has it really shaped the way you view community and, and apply it to your personal life? Yeah. I mean, for me, it, it really has taught me that as far as my faith goes and the faith, you know, when you look at scripture, we're, we're not supposed to live live out our faith on our own. And so if it's taught me anything, it's the importance of community. It's the importance of um, being sharpened by my brothers and my sisters um, and, and, and being a part of the bigger picture of what God is doing. And, you know, I, I, I think sometimes it's easy for us to withdraw and to say, well, I'm just going to do things my way. But there's so much strength. There's so much power in community. And that's one of the things, you know, Joe, uh, part of where I'm at with Trinity, it's a huge emphasis, you know, um, in in what we do every, not not only every Sunday, um, but most importantly, once you leave the service, it's kind of like, okay, what are we doing um, in the midst of community together and in the midst of our community around us Monday through Saturday? Um, because that's, that's, what's most important. It's awesome to worship on Sunday with our, with our brothers and sisters. Uh, but when we leave there, man, it's, it's so important that we put what we are learning on Sundays or Wednesday nights to practice and, and to live life in the context of, of a loving, uh, community that's willing to serve the ones that are around us in the community in which we live. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, community plays such a big part, both in the faith aspects and also just as 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 we as people. I mean, even the non church goer folks, you know, who are who are living in Virginia Beach and Hampton Roads area. Um, for the, our listeners who don't know, Hampton Roads is a collection of seven cities um, that I just collectively call Virginia Beach area. Um, they're all great, but yeah, community br- brings us together. Um, it allows us to have conversations like these. So with that said, Lee, I, I, I have a, a personal question to ask you, uh, personal for me to ask, because I'm, I'm really just curious. I'd love for you to, I'd love to steer this conversation into the direction of, of a day in the life of Lee, a day in the life of a, of a pastor like yourself. Would you mind walking us through what an average day looks like for you uh, from balancing your pastoral duties? And then, of course, keeping that theological study and, of course, learning uh, continuing on. Yeah, man, that's a that's a loaded question <laughs> because so I, I get I get people at church all the time that that sometimes are like, "What do you do outside of Sunday? Do you do anything?" And uh, man, my day looks we're here straight. to we're here to set the record straight. Set for the it. record straight <laughs> yeah. for all of the past. Play this clip right here where they ask you to say, "Hey, go check out this interview right here." You'll know exactly what I do. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, I've got some rhythms. I think it's important that we keep, you know, as pastors, as, 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 as leaders in the church, we have certain rhythms, uh, certain schedules that, that we keep every day has some things that are the same for me. Um, but every day is so different it re- really from week to week, because there may be a week where 
I'm in the rhythm of staff meetings, uh, staff training, you know, doing things that, you know, uh, personal study, uh, uh, community groups. And, and, and it may not be, um, it, it may not be a week where you just finish that week out and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so worn out. But the next week may just be uh, totally different. Yeah, you're keeping those same rhythms, but things are happening. You know, maybe somebody that you know um, is struggling and you have to go meet with them. So for me, you know, we have our, our set rhythms uh, where, you know, I spend time with staff. I spend time with the Lord. Um, we are in contact with with some of our uh, reach partners. Um, some days, you know, we support our campus at Town Center supports Betty F. Williams Elementary School, where we're in contact with um, the teachers there and we're doing events for them throughout the year, uh, meeting with people that have needs. You know, I, I love coffee. If you were to ask me, hey, what's one thing personally you like to do? I love to drink coffee. And so I find myself throughout the week meeting with people that say, hey, can you meet up and talk? I've got some stuff going on in my life. And so I drink a lot of coffee with people, probably too much. <laughs> That's probably some nights why I can't sleep. I just lay in, in bed wide awake. Um, on, your, on your eighth cup of coffee, like, why did I drink eight cups I, of coffee? I know, especially especially when someone says, can we meet tonight and I have a cup of coffee at seven o'clock? And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Do you have a go-to coffee uh, spot that you go to or recommend people to check out? You know, it's funny. I don't have one that I particularly just always go to um, because, you know, if someone says, hey, do you want to meet up for a cup of coffee? Normally it goes like, um, hey, where are you close by? Because there's some days where uh, I'm closer to the Princess Anne Landstown area. There's other days where uh, I'm closer to the town center area. And so I, I've tried most most of them. Uh, I, I probably meet a lot of people at Cold Press down in the, the town center area. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cold Press gets a lot of traffic. Maybe maybe not the best coffee in town, but you know, yeah. that's that's up for that's up for debate. Uh I, I do not give them shout outs for guides to check out, but cold press is is an option for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know I, I I say all that I say all that to say um Normally, a lot of times my days on the front part of the day before lunch, we get a lot of our, um, I guess, if you call them duties with staff and meetings and, and staff planning for the week. We I try to knock those things out early. And so my afternoon's a little bit more free when we're talking about Bible studies, community groups, me meeting with people. You know, I, I know a lot of people in the, in the ministry life, they do a, a lot of the stuff that I do. Um, it seems like happens even after five o'clock. And so I'm trying to balance that time daily. And, and especially as a, as a, as a husband and as a father of two, trying to carve those times out with my family and not, um, putting them on the sidelines as well. You know, I make it a point that our families, uh, is serving together in most capacities. And so, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can definitely see that being challenging too, because I mean, school has a set schedule. And I mean, unless you're homeschooling or part of a co-op, I mean, schools from typically eight to four, three or four window. And then of course, if they have after school things, then that's generally nine to five. So if your job goes outside those hours or you work in a, a, a non-traditional uh, job hours or, or late night shifts, you know, if you're down at the oceanfront, it can definitely vary. But, you know, finding time for that is is definitely 
uh, pe- people wonder about that. So I appreciate you diving okay. into your schedule. Um, is there a certain uh, type of method or process that you have for preparing for a Sunday service or Bible study uh, series? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking for like Sunday. Um, one of the one of the practices that we have as a church at large. So Trinity Church, you know, as you know, is seven campuses, and so um, one of the things that's super helpful. I I really try to start early because if we are, if I'm doing a, a sermon on Sunday by Wednesday in the middle of that week, I have to have a large, um, I have to pretty much have everything sent for creating the slides that we want to use. And so by Wednesday, every week, the Wednesday before Sunday, when I preach, I pretty much have about 90% of it done, which means the week before I'm reading and researching and just kind of thinking through those things. And so for me, I do not work well last minute. And so as as much as it is sometimes when Wednesday rolls around, I'm like, oh my goodness, I've got to turn slides in and I've got to, I've, I've got to have this thing organized. Um, there's some weeks where I put a little, um, it, it puts a lot of pressure on me, but I think it's good because once I finish that on Wednesday, I have the rest of the week to kind of tweak anything, or if if the Lord kind of speaks to me in a certain way to say, hey, I, I think maybe you should go this way. It gives me the freedom where I'm not, hey, Saturday, I've got to crank a message out and then I got to deliver it on Sunday. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that old saying from uh, from, from college, you know, or, or high school years, you know, you don't want to study the night before the test. You want to get, get enough rest and and be prepared for it. So, but it's, it's good to have that structure too, right? Yeah. I, 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 I spent too many days writing seminary papers the night before. So I kind of learned my lesson. So this whole planning ahead and um, preparing at least a week out before things are due, has been tremendously helpful for me personally. Yeah, no, no all nighters in the in the phone booth anymore, or the the, uh, the parking <laughs> lot booth, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Love it. Well, uh, Lee, I'd love to know um, when we're talking about uh, your, your your lessons and planning, and of course, you know, juggling all these different tasks. Um, it, it can sounds like it's it's definitely a pretty demanding job. Are there any theologians, scholars, or possibly any authors that that really? Uh, deeply influence your perspective and the way in which you go about living this life of what seems like juggling all of these tasks and responsibilities? Yeah. Um, gosh, I, I know for me, one one pastor theologian that just, for me, was super impactful in the way that, not only the way that he taught, but the way that he lived his life and the way that he was just truly a man who was just so humble in, in not taking the credit uh, for himself uh, was Tim Keller. And Tim, you know, Tim, Tim passed away not too very long ago with his battle of cancer. And man, he just, he, he, he was, he's someone for me that, man, I, I, I watch him, I've, I've listened to him and he was so genuine and he loved people so well. It was not about Tim Keller. Uh, it was about being faithful to the gospel and being faithful to loving people well. Um, and, I, you know, I think men like him do a great job. I've always been a big Francis Chan fan. Uh, I love Francis's heart for people, um, for ministry, for the Lord, and just uh, his humble spirit as well. 
And so those are a couple of guys that have really meant a lot to me. I think if you, if you need a third, um, I like Paul David Tripp. I'm a big Paul David Tripp fan as well. I think he's got some really, uh, he's got a podcast that, that I listen to sometime and he's just got a wealth of just practical ministry knowledge. Uh, and he does a great job at reminding not just people in the ministry, but people everywhere uh, that it's about the gospel. It's about the gospel of Christ and it's living it out daily, reminding ourselves that we're in need of the gospel to remind ourselves that, man, we're, we're not above anybody else. We're, we're, we're struggling through this life and we need Jesus uh, to help us every single day. So Love it. Well, thank you for sharing those and really shouting out those individuals. So uh, for our listeners, if you are looking for some more inspiration, definitely go check out those folks, uh, you know, to help you if you are in a similar situation like Lee, or you're just looking for more inspiration, uh, definitely go check those out. Uh, Lee, last section uh, before we get to our rapid fire, because I know you got to get back to work and it's an afternoon. So there's a lot of moving parts (laughs) for you. Um, what range of topics do you cover in your teachings, uh, both in the small and large group sermons and, uh, studies? Oh my goodness. That is a loaded question again. What topics do we not cover? Um, you know, one of the cool things about Trinity is, uh, we work together as a pastoral team. And so we are constantly meeting together, um, and we try to plan ahead our series Um, whether it's saying, Hey, look, guys, we're going to spend the next 12 weeks going through the book of Ephesians, or we're going to spend the summer, uh, in the book of Proverbs, you know, right now we're, uh, the series that we're finishing up on Sunday, uh, this Sunday, um, is called ancient wisdom, modern times. And we've been walking through the book of Proverbs and we're ending, ending this week, um, over this. Um, this topic of what does purity versus immorality look like? And, and we feel like that is, is such a, man, such an important topic, not only in the church, but for our culture as well, to kind of talk about what's God called us to living lives that are set apart for his purpose, for his glory, and really challenging ourselves that no one's above, um, struggle and nobody's above falling into sin. And so what do we need to do to steer clear from uh, falling into those temptations? And so, you know, I, I know you said, man, what topics we, I feel like we try to be faithful uh, to all topics. We're about to hit off a, a new series called countercultural. It, well. so, it is yeah, a big book. It is a big book. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's just, it's been such a blessing though, to be part of a fantastic, group of men that meet together every single week. Um, you know, there's seven or eight of us that that meet every week and we discuss, you know, church life, but we also say, okay, look, this is this is where we feel God is calling us to to talk about these certain things, walking through these books of scripture, um, exegeting the scripture well. And so yeah, I, I don't know if we don't hit an issue. So <laughs> well, that's good. That's on. good. You yeah. probably, if you're covering a, if, if you're covering a religion or a book, you probably want to cover all the aspects of it. So uh, maybe maybe someone new to the to the uh, idea of church or or uh, you know Trinity Church. That's probably something very helpful to know about as well. Um, so when you guys uh, when when the, when the team comes together, it's it's good that you it sounds like you're still uh, have time for collaboration and studying and and really deep research into the scriptures. 
Are there any parts of the Bible do you that you often find yourself like maybe coming back to or revisiting for guidance, uh, especially under um, you know trying trying times or, or challenging obstacles? Yeah, um, yeah, man, I love I love coming back to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, reading about the life of the life and the mission of Jesus to remind me that. Um, as as messed up as we can be at times and um, the struggles that we face, that we have a God that loved us enough um, to get on mission and to come after us and to rescue us. And so being that I was a big Paul David Tripp fan, one of my one of my favorite authors, reminding myself that I'm in need of Jesus's gospel every day is is kind of a uh, an area where I kind of love to run back to, uh, to kind of remind myself that I'm not in ministry for Lee. Um, I'm not in ministry to impress people. I'm in, I'm in ministry to serve the Lord and to love people, uh, to love people well. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, that, that's really interesting that you say that because like it, it's despite there being so many different topics to cover, you know, the, the gospels are the meat and potatoes, if you will, of the scripture. Um, so that that's really good. And so when it comes to um, corporate challenges or, or big, bigger challenges that the global church and also the local church faces, uh, whether it comes from challenges or adversity, are there any types of lessons, uh, stories, or perhaps any inspiration that you pull from specifically to encourage your congregation to continue on in their faith journey? Um. Yeah, I you know one of the things I, I I think we do well as a church is when we look at um you know you look at the writings of Paul and how he was man he he was always concerned with the unity of the church and you know we're we're made up of a lot of different people that come from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different issues um, but it's our call as the body of Christ as believers despite those differences and despite those struggles because every church has struggles. Every church is made up of imperfect people. And so learning to live within that context of daily striving for unity, we're not always going to agree on the same things or on the same topic. And we understand that, but we can be united with Christ uh, and learn to live in harmony, um, living daily to forgive one another. And so that's something that's been a huge blessing for me being here at Trinity that they really try to put that into practice and to walk into that uh, because we know, I mean, you see it all the time in our culture. I mean, goodness, there's so many churches that, that split um, and, and, and that have some really deep rifts and deep scars. And so it's a constant battle, I think, um, to live in unity. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's very difficult, but uh, that's a call that's been set forth for us is to, as the body of Christ to honor Christ well. And we honor Christ the best when his church is united together. Sure, sure. It, it sounds like almost like there, there might not always be unity, but there always should be a, a strive for unity in the in the lens of community, of really bringing people together to have those conversations. Um, which brings me to my last question, Lee. Thank you for your time. I, I want to go ahead and wrap this up because I know you got to go here soon. So when it comes to uh, community and involvement with uh, outside of the church walls, is there any specific projects or programs that Trinity is 
actively doing or perhaps considering doing in the future that really helps extend a um you know a community focus outside of the uh, of the traditional church walls yeah yeah so i mean since, since i'm on staff at trinity uh, you know a, a lot of the stuff that we're doing as a church right now is found on our website uh trinitychurchvb.com forward slash reach um you know at our campus at the town center campus um our main if you call it campus reach focus, like I said earlier, is Betty F. Williams Elementary, um, where we as a as a specific campus, um, we reach that school. We try to love that school and, and try to provide for the needs there uh, on a yearly basis as the school year starting, doing different things, feeding the teachers, supporting families. But Trinity as a whole is super involved here in Virginia Beach. We have really four main local partners that we've partnered with where our church as a whole um, weekly are involved with reaching out. One of them is One Died for All, which is it's it's it was founded by um, a pastor and his wife at our campus, uh, Ronnie and Janet McAdoo, where they use sports to teach keep teach kids the gospel. And so we have a massive event every year at the sports center where we man, we have a big One Died for All basketball program, kind of like a if you, it's kind of like VB, VBS, but not. And so we're training right. kids, we're running, running them through drills and different things, but also teaching them on the back end. Uh, we're really involved with crisis, crisis pregnancy center here, supporting families, um, you know, with, with the different struggles that they're facing, whether it be with unplanned pregnancies or anything that they need. Uh, Mana Ministries um, was a ministry that was birthed out of Trinity Church uh, by a couple. And it really, what, what Mana Ministries does is it provides emergency food assistance for um, people who may be in that state of waiting on benefits to come in. And so we have a lot of our people that are involved in delivering meals like on Saturday through Mana Ministries as well. And then there, our fourth, I guess, citywide partner is recovery for life, uh, where our people are involved helping uh, people uh, struggling with substance abuse as well. And so locally, that's kind of what we're involved with. And, and that's on our website as well. We do have international partners like Dayspring International, uh, GSI, which works directly uh, with uh, people in India, and then uh, Lighthouse for Christ Mission, which um, reaches kind of East Africa. And so we've got we've got a lot of partners, which keeps us really busy, and um, our people just do a fantastic job at at serving in those capacities year round. So wow, yeah, that that's quite an extensive list, which is good. We we, yeah. we want that uh, from from our communities, uh, you know that that support community. So Lee, thank you for sharing that, and thank you for uh, your time. Um, well, I'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and start our rapid fire question and we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Sound good? Yep. Sounds good. All righty. So um, these are rapid fire questions. Super short. Uh, all that's needed is a short answer. First one, who, who's your favorite biblical figure to discuss and why? Oh, favorite biblical. Oh, this is rapid fire. Okay. Um, man, I, I'd say Paul um, just because of where God brought him. He, he was a man that was just all about Paul and God transformed his life. And to see and learn from his life after he met Jesus 
man, it's it's something special to see the power and the work of the Holy Spirit uh, through his life. Love it. And then, of course, from Louisiana to the West Coast to the East Coast, serving as uh, a student minister and also an adult minister, thinking back, can you share perhaps a lighthearted moment or unexpected incident during a sermon or, or Bible study or or event that you can now look back on and it still makes you laugh to this day? Oh, I've got to tell you a good one. It didn't happen in a service. It happened on the way to a service. That counts. Uh, when, I, when I was in California, we were getting ready to kick off our first, when I was in seminary, our first big student program. We built this night up. We're having kids come in. Uh, it's raining that night. I'm running a little bit late. My wife's in the car waiting for me. I lock the door of the apartment. I start running towards my wife to hop up some stairs to get in the car. I fall and I tear all the ligaments in both of my ankles. (laughs) It was it was the worst pain I've ever suffered. And it was like on the biggest night where we were kicking off this brand new student program that the church has never had. So with all that to say, I did not make it that night. So we had to pass it to our leaders to do that as instead. Oh my goodness. What, what a night to remember. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, when it comes to parents, especially parents who are, you know, uh, trying to equip and train children uh, that are, that are going to church with them, uh, what are maybe some things um, that parents can introduce their children to the Bible with uh, when it comes to specifically engaging stories or maybe a certain storybook or teaching in general that parents can share with their kids? Yeah, I would say, man, one of our favorite resources, uh, my wife and I, just in 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 watching it with our kids, uh, the Bible Project, uh, the Bible Project has some fantastic um, resources, and it, it's just there. They do such a beautiful job at explaining each book of the Bible. Why was it written? Who was it written to? And so it gives you like an extensive. A uh, fresh way to look at scripture. So I, I would say for any parents looking there, check out the Bible Project. Love it, love it. The Bible Project. I'll put those links in the show notes below too. Um, that way people can check out Trinity as well. Um, last one for you, Lee. If you were, uh, if you could liken yourself to any biblical character based on your personal journey or characteristics, who would it be and why? Oh man, you're killing me, Smalls. Um. <laughs> Um, man, you know, I, I think about, um, I'm going to say Moses and I'm going to, I'm going to explain why. Cause people are like, Whoa, you're like Moses. That's, that's, that's a pretty bold one. Yeah. Let's hear the, let's hear the explanation. But let me explain. I feel like I'm at Mo, like Moses because, um, in scripture, when it talks about him, you learn about Moses that he wasn't an eloquent speaker. <laughs> so okay. I, I, I find, I find that I can relate to that. I, I feel that, uh, um, you know, sometimes God humbles me and, um, you know, when I try to be the best I can, I feel like I'm, you know, that's probably not an area where I excel in. Um, and so, but, but I love the heart of Moses as well. And so, um, when I read his life and, and see his obedience to the Lord, I, I, I don't know, I just, um, I, I feel like I can connect well with, with him. 
Love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. And and Lee, definitely, uh, at least based upon this conversation and, and the times we've interacted, great speaker overall. We, we really appreciate your time. And with that said, I'm going to roll out the virtual red carpet for you. Lee, um, thank you again for your time. We'd love to uh, share, uh, we'd love to highlight anything that you'd like to share, uh, maybe that the church is doing or any projects that you're currently working on that you would like to highlight and uh, spotlight for this part of the conversation. Um, yeah, so I was missing the last part of your question. It kind of, it kind of froze up on me. So could you repeat that one more time? Yeah. So, um, love to roll out the virtual red carpet for you. Is there anything you currently like to highlight or spotlight that's going on, uh, outside the church or maybe in your life that you would like to draw some attention to? Yeah. I mean, I would just say that if anybody's looking, um, I'm biased, but Trinity's just been one of the biggest blessings in my 20 plus years of ministry. Um, I've never been a, a part of a church that's been like Trinity. So I would say for any any of your listeners, any of your viewers, um, we've got a town center campus. We have an oceanfront campus, a Princess Anne campus, um, a, um, a downtown Norfolk campus. That's the, the Hampton Road side of things. And Man, if they're if if your listeners are looking for a place to get plugged in to to be discipled, to be a part of of something big that God is doing through our missions and through our reach partners, man, we would love them to be a part of uh, of our family at Trinity. Awesome. Well, Lee, thank you for the invitation. And for our listeners who are looking to get plugged in, check out the show notes below. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Discover Virginia Beach Podcast. A big thank you to our wonderful guest, Lee, and to you, our dedicated listeners, for joining us on this journey. We hope you'll continue to explore Virginia Beach with us and look forward to sharing more and exciting discussions with you as we head into season two coming very soon. Talk to you then.